Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you taking my podcast. I appreciate it. I'm back, everybody. Yay! <clears throat> Man, um, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, everybody. I'm glad to be back home. Uh, it was a long trip, but I'll get all, I'll get it all into that in a little bit. Um, you know what? I wrote all this shit down cause I, I want to be prepared. And then I'm like, God damn it. I didn't even mention the fact that I'm watching Tulsa King. Um, so you know what? Let me, let me just, uh, let me, you know what? I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'll get back to Tulsa King. Let me do what I do first. Uh, like I said, thanks. Thank you for everybody for tuning in, watching. However, you taking my podcast, I appreciate it. If you're new, welcome. This is it. This is the podcast. Uh, this is this look is new. Okay, so this is the upgrade. So don't come over here talking shit. This is the upgrade. So, see, I'm not rich, but uh, anyway, um, I'm in a great mood. That's all I can say. I'm in a great mood, and um. Just so thankful to be home. Um, all right, I'll jump right in. So for those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. And this week, it's not anything big, man, but I've been watching him play Bed Wars uh, a lot more. And uh, I got to tell you, man, my son, he's a pretty good player, man. He's a He's very strategic and his thinking and how he plays these games, man, it's just, it can be a little bothersome. Like, man, that's that's kind of evil what you're doing, man, but it makes sense. He'll go, what, Daddy? It's just a game. I go, you're, you're right. He's just, he's just cutthroat. He does not play when it comes to games. He likes to win. Uh, you know, I don't want him to be a sore loser. So we, we do have to talk about that sometimes because when he's winning, it's just like nothing can go wrong. He's having a great day. I mean, he's, uh, hey, daddy, what, you want a goldfish? I mean, he is like the guy at the casino just tossing out dollar bills. You know, just, hey, how you doing? Just giving chips to everybody. But uh, when he when he's not winning, oh, everybody's a cheater. So we're working on that. But uh, it's been it's been funny to watch him play, man. He, he even went as far on to one of the platforms. His gamer tag is pro- Bad Wars player. Like, he let motherfuckers know, like, look, I am the shit at this. So don't even come come at me on some fuck shit. Because I will get you. And I, I, I caught myself becoming sort of a toxic esports dad. Because I'm like, yeah, look at him. He left the chat, bitch. He know he knew. He knew what was up. He knew he couldn't handle us. He know you, he couldn't stop you with this diamond armor. Like, I, I got I, I can't I can't get like that. But I saw I saw it coming out of my son, and I was like, "Yes, join the dark side." Now I, I ain't go that far. I'm kidding, but uh, we do have to talk about winning and losing. And he can be a little harsh when he kills people who he thinks aren't as prepared. So we got to talk about that kind of stuff. But uh, it is pretty wild watching him play. He he likes to win, and he's pretty fucking good. So um. <clears throat> That's the milestone. I need to make sure my son's gaming ego doesn't get out of control. Um, 
Hey, I just want to say thank you for the people who uh, sent me any feedback on the episode I did with Ray. Uh, he uh, he was pleased with it. I was a little worried because he felt like he he might have divulged a little too much, but I was like, nah, man. I was like, we, we're cool. People are going to like it. And uh, thank you for the people who sent out some messages uh, on that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I like interviewing my friends. I like talking to my friends. I like turning them into interviews and, 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 and documenting it because we have such uh, crazy conversations. We've been through a lot. We've discussed a lot over the years. And uh, sometimes I would like for people uh, to kind of get a glimpse in, into what we talk about and, and uh, what it's like, I don't know, being my friend. I don't, I don't know other than, other than that how to explain it. Um, yeah, I just want people to be in on, uh, in on some of our conversations, the shit we talk about. And um, I plan on doing more. Uh, I don't know where those are going to live, but if you like them, cool. If not, it is what it is. I'll continue to post them. Uh, along with the podcast until people say we don't like these or hey can we get these exclusively somewhere else that way we can just go to these so I i'm not really sure i mean a patreon would be cool but i don't really have a following big enough to, to warrant even asking for you know uh, money it's not in that high demand as of yet uh, but it would be nice to make a little dough so just going to keep plugging away, and uh, maybe one day I will create some content that people would like to uh, support me monetarily in. But I'm having fun doing this. All right. Um, so I'm fresh off of a trip from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to the guys over at uh, Secret Society Comedy. or at, so Over at Secret Society. Sorry, not Secret Society Comedy. Over at Secret Society. Um, Dave Horning. Uh, Jeremy Demery, uh, Brian Sternick. I'm not really sure how much Brian is involved, but I think he is. Ooh, I don't know if it's just the two or the three of them, but shout out to those three dudes, man, for having me. Uh, it's really, really. Um, oh, don't forget, I can't forget uh, Ray Roberts, Ulysses Dickerson were also on the show. Very, very funny. Uh, we had, I had so much fun, and now that I think about it, the last time I had this much fun. Guess where I was, everybody? I was in Ohio. You're right. It's just, uh, I, I just, I feel so comfortable there. It's like my comedy home. I, I, I love the scenes there. Uh, guy Ray came out. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I already said Ray, Ray, Ray Roberts. I meant to say Phil. I believe we had met before. Uh, I can't remember if it was at Hilarities, but he's also a comic. He came out on on Saturday. It was cool seeing him again and getting to meet him in the, you know, in the in the capacity as a comic, and then uh, this cat named uh, Dave Flint, he was cool man. He had like um, he had Darius from Atlanta vibes, just kind of like this kind of a uh, aloof, eclectic, <laughs> kind of like a stoner dude, but uh, it was real cool man. We had a lot of fun. Um, so shout out to all the comics that came out. Shout out to uh, to to the dudes who uh, who put me on man. Uh, Horning and Demery and uh, Sterling, man, that, it really means a lot. Um, it's just funny um, how things work out. So let me just let me just get into it. So Friday, I pull into town. I'm pretty hungry. I check into the hotel, um, and luckily there's some restaurants right near the hotel, like within walking distance. I'm pretty nervous about driving to shows. 
My wife would tell you I get pretty worked up the night before shows, even the day, oh, the night before drives, even the morning of. I'm I'm pretty like uh, just nervous about it. Uh, so I tell myself, all right, you had a long day. You just been emotionally ramped up for the last couple of days. The least you can do for yourself right now, which because you have a show, is get something good to eat. And there's a Delmonico's right down the hill. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do that. I don't go crazy. I get the chicken marsala, mashed potatoes, salad, bread. It's a little pricey, but it was pretty fucking good. I feel like I made the right decision. So I eat uh, half my food. I get ready for the show. And as I'm driving over there, it becomes, uh, things start to look kind of familiar. I go, wait a minute. Oh, okay, this is the place that Norman and I did after we did the Agora Theater. Uh, and it's funny how it, it, it kind of came full circle because we were dropping, well, Norman was a drop-in on that show, and here I am now headlining that show. So uh, I remember liking it then and came back in. Everything was, it was exactly how I remember it. Really cool venue. I really liked just the space, how it just aesthetically was really cool. The way they had it set up was really nice. Uh, the people that work there are super cool. And uh, it slowly fills in. And before you know it, we got a packed show. And um, Brian Sternick opens the show up. And they are a killer crowd from the get-go, man. They're just, they're just really, really fun. Um, I would say I was a little nervous because I feel like I hadn't done that long of a set in a while. I think like a week. And I was just a little nervous as and I, I started to doubt myself a little bit, but I, I pushed it away. I go, don't do this. You can do this shit, man. It's just a, like my brain just tries to find some shit to worry about. Man, can you do 40 minutes? Of course I could do fucking 40 minutes. But it, it tried to seep in. I told myself, nope, it's not going to happen. It did not. I had a great fucking time, man. I had so much fun. Uh, it felt good, especially after a long day. I was nervous about the drive that morning. The day before, you know, uh, I, I felt like making the right decision to take care of myself properly and eat something was key. Because uh, I've just, I don't know, man. I just, I just been, it's just years of like just settling and just telling myself that I, I don't deserve certain things just because I'm not good enough. It just, it, it, it just over time, that shit, it just makes you feel like shit. So I, I had to tell myself, I got to start being a little nicer to myself. And I did. I felt better. I, I felt like I performed better because of it. I feel better about me. And uh, it was it was just a lot of fun, man. It was just, it was a great way to start the weekend. A great way to start the weekend. Um, so I do that show. We hang out for a little bit, but I'm pretty tired. So I, I just go back to the hotel, but it, it was it was it was a fun set, man. Like I just, it's just I was able to take my time. I wasn't rushing anything. I let everything come to me. Uh, it was um, it was a uh, it was just one. It was a great set. It was a great way to end a very very long day. It made me feel great about going into everything else. You know, trying new bits. Everything just went smoothly. It's just one of those kind of nights. And honestly, I maybe I'm overplaying it, but I think treating myself to a good dinner made me feel made me feel good. Instead of eating out of a bag. Or just running to a corner store getting some bullshit and feeling like 
a piece of shit afterwards. So I think it worked out. Um, so, uh, yeah, I go back to the hotel, chill, watching TV, shit, with a, doing, sitting, chilling or whatnot. Uh, get up Saturday. I got a 7 o'clock show and an 11.45 show. Now, like, that's a big gap in between. And at noon, I'm supposed to be doing this kid, uh, Gabe Gary's podcast. So uh, I get a phone. I get a text that morning like, hey, man, you in my city. Hit me up. It's my boy John Burton. John Burton opens for Ali Sadiq a lot. And um, long story short, he's now on the podcast with us. And I'm super comfortable with that because I've, I've, I know John and uh, just don't know the other dude. I'm willing to do the podcast. Don't know him. Didn't want it to be weird. It's uh, It just felt better to have somebody that I knew uh, there. But we get to his place. We do the podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's called Good or Bad. We just pull some um, topics out of a bucket and say, is it good or bad? It's fun. Kind of got off the rails and talked about some other stuff. But we had a good time, a bunch of good laughs, a cool conversation. Uh, we leave there, and we head to the mall. Yes, I had to go to the mall. Had to buy some miles, some sneakers. And John had to get uh, an outfit to wear for his first time ever headlining at Hilarity. So we uh, we spent a while together at the mall, shopping and shit, chopping it up, talking, chilling. And uh, it's just really nice to, to be with another comic especially another black dude, we can talk about our, our experiences for opening for people who have since blown up since we worked with them. And just like hearing Ali Sadiq's uh, process about on how he writes jokes, how he performs, uh, the type of advice he gives uh, John and vice versa. You know, I talk about enormous work ethic, what he does, what he doesn't do, what it's like for him on the road. Just, uh, just all of that is just, it's just really nice to be able to compare notes of uh from different comics you know just seeing how two different uh comics who are successful go about their business things that they do similar things that they don't do alike you know um just uh it, it was just a really really cool conversation man and uh i realized that john and i have a lot in common that is a nervous motherfucker man <laughs> he is a overthinker i'm an overthinker and um I got to say, it's very, it's different seeing it from the outside. Even hanging out with Joe List sometimes, you go, God damn, this motherfucker is just, he's just so, he just like, it's just so much nervous energy. He just always worried about shit. And people say that to me, but like, I guess I don't get it because it's, that's just how, that was just my operating, that's just how I felt all the time. I never realized like what that energy was like for other people and uh, getting to see it is just like, Oh, okay. Now I can see how this can affect other people. And I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying I got the, I got to see it firsthand. I go, man. Okay. Now I can see why my wife might say I make miles nervous when I'm pacing around the house or the way I, I do certain things. But uh Yeah. It's just um, we had a we had a good time, and it's 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 really eye opening when you run into people that have similar traits and qualities as as you do, and you get to see how it comes across, uh, what what it's like for people, and again, not saying good or bad, but it's just it's it's, it's eye opening, and uh, but but we had a great time, man. It's a lot. We had a great conversation, man. A lot of good information back and forth. 
Uh, it's just always nice to hang out with other like-minded comics uh, and just hearing stories about the, the other comics that you look up to, you know, more, more of a, a first-hand account. Because he, like, Ali Sadiq is one of those dudes, like, when I would be on the road with Mark, we would get to the club, and we would see the posters and stuff, and they would go, oh, he did, like, four different hours. You know, you hear that from the staff all over the country, but then to hear it from his opener, somebody that I know and I trust and believe, not that I don't believe wait staff in Omaha, but it's just like, all right, you know, I'm fucking talking about sometimes. But, man, just to hear it again, it's just like, man, that dude really is as great as they, they, they say he is, man. And if I said it before. If you haven't saw Domino Effect on YouTube, Ali Sadiq, watch it. It is a fucking master's class on how to do comedy, how to tell stories. It is great, man. He's really been somebody that I've, I've been looking up to recently because of where I want to go comedically. Like, that guy is, he's got to be the best storyteller in comedy right now, hands down. He's 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 great. So um so we hang out at the mall, he get his shit, I get my shit. Go back to the hotel, get ready for the seven o'clock show. Uh I get there and I gotta I gotta say. I'm a little nervous. They had told me the night before they go, Hey, we're trying to expand our network. We really haven't done shows in this part of town. It's a small venue. Hasn't really sold well. That night before, I think they had only sold like three tickets. And I go, hey, you know what? It's not going to be a big deal, whatever. Get there. It's a small venue. It's a cool little spot. And uh, it's like three people in that motherfucker, man. And I'm like, I do not do not know how well this is going to go. So, uh, as showtime approaches, people are coming in. And I'm noticing it's a fairly dark crowd and uh i noticed they're getting a little nervous they're like man i, I don't know if i can do an urban room i'm kind of nervous i'm like man just just be authentic man and that's something i had to tell myself as of recently because i had put it in my own head that like black crowds didn't want to hear me it's just no i've been telling myself that shit for no reason i got in my own fucking head now does, that doesn't mean you're gonna that's like any other crowd doesn't mean you're gonna kill every fucking town time but just go up there and be yourself and you'll be okay so show starts we got about 20 people in there and we're a little nervous because it's again it's a small spot and for me i will say this for me personally if i was to go to a show and i showed up and it was that small and i was like man there's only three other people in here i would leave that's that's just me i would not be able to stay there I could perform there, but I could not be on the other side of it. That's what's weird. I couldn't sit and watch. I could do it, but I could not sit and watch. But uh, the way they had the room set up and the size of the room, it worked out. So show starts. It's Like I said, it's about 20 people there. And right off the bat, this crowd is so much fucking fun. They are really into it, super supportive. Uh, everybody is doing so well in front of me. I go up, and uh, it's just right off the bat, just, again, just so much fun. Just crowd work. And about 10 minutes into my set, this guy walks in, right? Uh, and I can see he's kind of telling people what to do. I can't really see his face, but I could just see a silhouette. And he's kind of pointing, telling people to do what to do. And... The guys who work there, they just move this table and they put it over there. They bring some lamps over there. They're bringing 
uh, chairs. He pointing and shit. And he's a tall, slim guy. He's got like one of those camel three-quarter length trench coats on, scarves, expensive-looking sunglasses, some type of little curly hair. And he's got two tall-ish people with them. But I can't tell how old they are. Just the way they walk, I'm like, are these like this teenagers or some shit? And the whole time I'm like, I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this dude just coming in like it's good fellas? They moving tables, you pointing shit around. And it turns out he's like some successful business guy in, in Cleveland. Those were his two sons. I don't know if he was divorced or not, but just a, a, a youngerish dad hanging out with his teenage sons on the weekend. And I just bust their balls for a, quite a while. It was a lot of fun. They were great sports about it. I think he ended up knowing the guy who owned the spot. Um, another guy who was there, his brother did own that spot. So I think it was just kind of like some more successful black guys who wanted to support a friend's business or a brother's business and event. They they showed up. And uh, it was the most fun I had all weekend. It was so much fun, man. It was me and this one stoner dude going back and forth. He was there with his girlfriend. I was talking shit to him. This other couple was her birthday. I was telling him to do shit to her. There was a, a old older black dude with a soft edge up. I made fun of him and his wife because they were kind of conservative. They would get a little cringy with some of the uh, the dirty talk. Then you, it's Cleveland, so of course you got the nigga dressed like Cedric the Entertainer. I'm talking to him. He was a uh, a realtor. I don't know if it was his girlfriend or whoever, but he was with another lady who was dressed up nice. But she really wouldn't say what she would do, what she did. She just kind of had like that the cool auntie vibes, but don't fuck with her because she might cut you. She was uh, she was funny, and then there was three people on the back of the table. Uh, the this older lady, she had to be in her seventies, man. She was high on edibles. She was with her daughter. The other woman was so afraid to even say anything. She 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 hid. Uh, there was a white couple I made fun of. They were kind of like um. Uh, they were. She was like a nurse. They were kind of like the tattoo kind of couple. If y'all know what I'm talking about, just to kind of, they look like they might have weird sex. They got tattoos and shit. And then on the end over here, that's crazy. I can remember everybody in the fucking crowd. That's how small it was. You had this really awkward ass white dude and a really awkward Asian woman. And turns out they met in college. They were chemists. And I made fun of them. I made fun of everybody. It was just so much fun, man. It's just, uh, it was one of those nights, man. It was just, everything was hitting the jokes, uh, the crowd work, tying it all together. Just just so much fun. Uh, afterwards, I got to exchange information with the guy and his sons, the the venue owner. They really liked it. They would like for me, for me to come out and maybe do some shows in the future. But, uh, man, that was, that, was, that, was a, that was a set for the ages, man. I had so much fun. Um, so I do all that. And it's only like 9 o'clock. <laughs> After that great set, having fun, you know, it's only 9 o'clock, and I still have another show at 11.45. That's what time the show starts. That's not even what time I go on. So I got, like, another two hours to kill. So um, after hanging out with the people there for a bit, I go back to the hotel. I need to get a little something to eat before this other show. And I go, all right, I'm not going to go super crazy and buy anything super expensive. I'm going to go to this lizard-themed American Fair restaurant that's right a, a little closer to the hotel. It's right after Delmonico's. 
this is one thing I do like about being on the road. I wasn't going to bring this up, but I don't know why I am now. But whenever I go to some weird place like this, I always try to find a black person that works like the bar or something. I go, hey, man, what should I eat in here? And I did that. I, I looked at the girl. I go, hey, because they supposedly got good wings. I go, hey, what's up with these wings? Are these wings good? She was like, mm-mm, those are white people wings. You do not want those. I was like, all right, cool. She told me to get the Mexican salad. I get the Mexican salad. And this is why I fuck with the Midwest. I get back to my hotel room. I open up this Mexican salad, right? The salad. This shit got three big ass salad dressings in it. Not like, not like the little plastic joint. I'm talking about the bigger ones. It's three of them. One, one corner of the salad is the chicken that they chopped up. Boom. All chicken. Big ass salad dressing in the other top right hand corner. Big ass salad dressing, bottom right hand corner. Big ass salad dressing, bottom left hand corner. It's like a half gallon worth of dressing. And it's like that uh, Chipotle guacamole ranch, guac ranch. So good with the little bit of uh, chili in it. Oh, so good. Little smoky taste to it. But man, that salad has so much cheese and tortilla chips and salsa and chicken. I mean, it was really like eating a nacho salad with just uh, the minimum amount of lettuce to even qualify that shit as a salad. And mind you, this is, I'm trying to eat light because I'm pretty tired. I drove in yesterday. I did the podcast. I was out all day. I didn't really sleep a whole lot the night before. And I go, let me let me have a salad in between shows so I don't it's nothing too heavy. I almost fell asleep. That's the thing. The Midwest has heavy salads. How do you almost fall asleep from a salad? That's why I fuck with the Midwest. I mean, by the end, I couldn't even eat it all. I, it was just forkfuls of cheese <laughs> by the end. I was like, I, I I haven't lived out here in a long time. I actually feel bad. You know, when you live out there, you start convincing convince yourself that that shit is normal and it's healthy. <laughs> but th- I, that's why I love the Midwest. That's a fucking salad. Heavy salads in the Midwest. So I have my big heavy ass salad. 11 o'clock shows up. John Burton comes and pick me up. And we go to this spot called Happy Dogs. It's a real cool, I don't know if it's like a hipster bar or a punk bar, but it was just like a well, kind of a white bar, right? They do live music upstairs. And we go in the basement, and there's a nice little performance space down there, man. Low ceilings. It gave me uh, Big Hunt vibes, man. Just the smell of, like, the dank basement, the fried food, the alcohol. People are talking. The music was going the stage is lit up over, or the performance area is, is it's not really a stage, but the mic is lit up over in the corner, man. And I just, I got chills, man. It's, it's just shoulder to shoulder. There's so many people there. They're so excited for the show. Um, Kurt Metzger, uh, he wrote on Inside Amy Schumer. He's been on a lot of stuff, uh, Race Wars podcast, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's headlining Hilarity, so he comes over and drops in. Him and Ray DeVito, uh, another guy, I can't remember his name, but he drops in, so like I'm dead last on this show. But it's it's just a packed show. It's so much fun. Uh, it's just it's just, it just really has that local comedy vibe, man. Just something crazy is gonna go down here, and it's just fun. Like this speakeasy kind of just feel, man. 
and it's just my adrenaline is going. And I have a great set. Uh, I will say, I felt like all my sets were fantastic this weekend. Least favorite, it was well after one o'clock. People have been drinking; they, they had already heard a lot of weird shit. But I had I had so much fun on all the shows. Uh, I just love being in Ohio doing comedy. It was it was just it was great, man. It just it was one it was yet another reaffirming weekend that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm having fun doing what I'm doing, uh, and all I all I can do is continue to just keep pushing try to build a fan base and eventually take these uh, little bar basement shows and work my ass back into the clubs and I'll have an audience full of people that I want to talk to about shit that I want to talk about and that's that's where I am right now. I'm having fun uh, with everything that I'm doing. I, I, I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm being happy where I am and uh, it's great. Uh, Winston and I have moved host battle to room 808 in D.C., I want to thank the uh, D.C. Um, Comedy Law for having us. But uh, we think it's time to move um, and try something different. That's that's going to be starting uh, February 22nd. Uh, this For the first show, it's going to be the last uh, Wednesday of the month. But after the show in February, it's going to be every third Wednesday, 8 o'clock, at Room 808 in D.C. Uh, I want to say, is that the Petworth, Petworth area? I think so. But we're really excited. Um Thanks for Martin Amini for letting us have the show there. He's really excited about it. I think it's going to help us take the show to another level. Um, it's a great show, and uh, I think this venue is going to help us push it over and uh, and and get the recognition that we feel like it deserves. But uh, yeah, so there's the show. That's the show. Also, I'll be at the DC Comedy Loft in DC. Uh, I said that redundantly. Uh, DC Comedy Loft, February third and fourth. Uh, super excited about that. I got Spark Tobar MCN and Dom Gray featuring. And my boy Good News from Rochester is coming in and doing some guest spots. Uh, so that should be a fun weekend. And uh, y'all take care. I'm out. Peace.